Welcome to More, the podcast where Debbie will explore real-life applicable ways to get more out of your life. And here's Debbie. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I apologize. I think I'm a week behind, maybe even two weeks behind. Um, I feel like I've been going on the weekends a lot, gone, and it's crazy because I have older kids now, and so we tend to go to where they live, and I'm gone a lot, but nonetheless, if I'm behind, here I am. I'm going to do the podcast today, and I'm so excited about it, and this is a really uh, good podcast this time. This particular podcast, I think, changed me um, quite a bit. Um I'm going to do two chapters today. The chapter 19 is called One, and chapter 20 is called Abundance. And the One chapter is really great, but there's just, it's shorter, and there's a lot of science that I'm not going to go into, so you're welcome to get the book and go into the science if you want. But the information in that chapter is very powerful. And so, anyway, I think I'm going to fit two chapters into one podcast today. So, chapter 19, called One. And he talks about that being an individual, being separate, that that each person is an individual and we're all separate, that that's, it lends itself to running society and having things run. Um, and that sometimes we think, we see it as necessary But actually, we need to look at that kind of thinking as an illusion and that they cause suffering and inadequacy. And so the idea that he's saying that we in the world, we're all one. We're all together. He says, you are one with the source, which he means God in his mind, or whatever you think of as God or the creator or the the ultimate being. Um, He says, we are one with the source and nothing is difficult and denied from, by, or to the source. So God, the source, everything is at God's access, at God's capabilities, at God's fingertips, right? So he says, the universe is friendly to your desires. Nothing is possible if only you believe. I am abundance. I am wealth. I am joy. So he says this is kind of interesting. There's real some real food for thought. I had to read this twice to kind of get it. But he said ownership, owning something, is a detrimental or a negative state of mind that allows you to think that what you think you own, actually you allow it to own you. Here on earth, what you think you own ends up owning you, possessing you, taking away a part of your freedom. Um, This is true. Uh, This is so true. Like, so often we are so tied to our possessions that we can't be free to live and experience life because we have to, for example, um, and maybe, I don't maybe kids can't completely relate to this I don't know all the kids in my class but let me think about this for a second but like if we have a house or you know items or whatever we can't go places sometimes because we have to 
take care of our house, right? So, like, I have to do my yard work so I can't go places. So a lot of the things that we own kind of own us. They take away our freedoms. And, I mean, it is, it is interesting to think about that it's true. And he even talks about our bodies. That he says to think of our, our bodies and the things that we have in this world, that they're just things that we get to take care of for a time. And when we die, we actually lose our body as well. So we really don't own anything. Um, and so when we think of, like, I have this and you don't have that, I think that that creates a separateness of people, right? Well, I have these things and you don't have those things. When we see ourselves as one, then I think life gets a lot easier. He says, everything and everyone are connected. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. All life is one. What happens in Kabul, you know, in the east, in, in the eastern part of the world, affects you somehow wherever you are. And what happens with you, the thoughts you have and so on, affects everyone else everywhere somehow. So for your own sake, think, act, and be as one. I know that um, as, a, as, as a teacher, the more I care about Every single student, the more I like really, really care about all kids and not just some, and I really want every single kid to succeed, and I reach out and I see the needs of every single one, and I, 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 the more I'm connected to my students, the more I feel like my job is a part of me. Um. Because I'm just caring so much about all of them. Um, this is probably, in my opinion, the most powerful. This next paragraph is, I think, the most powerful paragraph in this chapter. He says, superiority and inferiority are not built into people and things. So thinking that you're superior to someone else or thinking that you're inferior or you're less than someone else, thinking that you're better or less than someone else, are not built into people and things. So I don't know if you've heard the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, how true that is. Honestly, I feel like social media is, we are constantly comparing ourselves. Well, I didn't get to do that. I don't have that in my life. Or, you know, we usually feel inferior. Or we put it on there to, f to try to make ourselves feel superior, right? He says, seeing things in terms of better or worse is a judgmental weakness. This is especially a weakness of nations, whereby one government considers itself superior to another especially in its economy or its governmental system. Um, we, we can't be thinking that. Um, I think Americans are proud. And I know this podcast goes out to people everywhere. And honestly, I speak a second language and I'm learning a third language. I speak Spanish fluently and I'm learning Portuguese. 
And I love other nations and other people. We cannot think or believe that we are superior in any way. So we need to lift and rise each other within the circles that we're in and that will rise our nations together, right? Um, it's also a weakness to have social classes, which means, you know, the rich and the poor or people that live in the nicer neighborhoods and the poorer neighborhoods. He says, an extremely high number of wars, corporate collapses or businesses that go down, societal divides, people where we, where we like separate ourselves from other people, have been caused by the idea that my way is better than your way. This happens in marriages, it happens in families, it happens in jobs, all the time. This is such a hard thing for our world. He said, disharmony is costly and never profitable. Never. You can avoid disharmony by looking at everyone around you, not as better or worse compared to you or anything else, but just as different. We don't have to be the same. Just because they're different doesn't make them better or worse, right? It's just different. This is a much more peaceful and profitable approach to everyone and everything else. Being special is not the same as being better. A person or anything can be special, but that doesn't make it better. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. Then he says, if he talks about like a business uh, opponent, like somebody that you're in business with like against them. So McDonald's versus Burger King, let's say, right? It, he says the best way to handle a business opponent, opponent in, a, in a way that will profit you the most is to act as if you are both one and treat him that way, which I think brings the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do to you. I mean, we just excuse these things too much. Do we like, do we really want to lift everybody around us or are we trying to be better than the other person? I, I see it in in all relationships. We just we just have to be better. And like right now in the United States, it's March Madness. It's just starting this coming week. And it's like a big deal in our United States. And it's the college championships of uh, basketball. And really like sports does this so much to us. And I love sports. I love sports. So this is like a... A conflict in my mind because I want to be good at sports but then we always have the competition who's better right but we really need to lift everybody around us I went to the high school game the high school girls basketball championship game and um, there was a girl that I taught her and she's a darling she's an amazing student and athlete and she got hurt during this season and so she wasn't able to compete in the championship game and they let her go out during the game, you know, with her crutches or whatever, and make a basket. And both teams were all over doing this. And this is like building unity among each other. And I thought it was such a touching thing that happened. We just need more of that in our world, right? And he also says that modern scientists are starting to come to this in their ways of thinking. And then he goes into a long, a long way over my head, to be honest. I mean, 
if I studied it for many hours, I could get it. I could get it. But I decided not to put it on the podcast. But actual scientific explanation of how we are one. How we literally are one as people in science. And so... I think that we need to think about this a little bit more. How can we be one with someone else? And he says, if you're one with the source, God, and all that is, and he capitalized that too, all that is, guess what else you are? You're abundant by nature. And then he goes into the um, uh, abundance chapter. But also at the end of this chapter and the end of the abundance chapter, in case I forget to say, he says, now go meditate. I mean, honestly, meditation is such a huge deal. And I've, even myself, I'm not doing it as much as I should. So he says in the chapter on abundance, you have seen that you are one with the source and all that is, and that makes you abundant. So if you're one with God and with the source and with who has it all, then that makes you abundant, right? And he says at your highest level, you are naturally ever presently abundant. There is nothing you have to do and you cannot be anything other than abundant. And abundant is having all that there is in the world. He says, let's look at the aspects of this abundance and how to make it materialize in your life. He says, spend your money gladly. Honestly, I have started doing this and I know that I'm in a different state of life, but I, I keep spending more and more, and I, and I feel like my um, savings account builds up, and then I keep spending it, right? So he says, spend your, I'm not rich by any, you know, I'm not like a millionaire or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But just like this, by small and simple things, these things come to pass. He says, spend your money gladly, cheerfully, and with excitement. Whether you are buying items or paying bills, be glad that you're doing it. Money runs away from those who feel it is in shortage, those who have negativity toward its use. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. I've been starting to, um, I need to do, one thing that I really want to do is every time I go out to eat, buy dinner for somebody else. I need to start doing that because I believe in this so much, right? I have been giving tips everywhere that I go. Even at like, you know, the place that you don't normally, they're not even doing, they're not even waiting on you. I still give them a tip. And I just feel so good about it. He says, nature is capable of giving you all your desires without losing anything itself. Scarcity is not real. It only appears where we choose to see it. So scarcity, it means having short supply. So I looked it up, right? So if you think that there's not enough of something, you've got to stop that kind of thinking. That kind of thinking. He says the source of all that is can never run out of creative power and ability. A million times what's been created can be created again and again, and the supply is unlimited. Literally, literally. Look at look. I mean, we've talked about this before, but look at everything in the universe that's created by God. Everything that's nature-made, nature, right? Rocks, sand, dirt, sky, clouds, mountains, etc., trees. They just go on and on and on and on and on. You can never see the end of them, sand. You just can't see the end. If you were to go out into the universe towards the sky, you can't. It won't stop. 
it goes farther than our scientific microscopes even go, right? So nature is abundant. It's there everywhere. He says, thoughts of scarcity take away abundance from your life. So don't think there's not enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's not enough friends. There's not enough opportunities. Stop thinking in scarcity. Believe that there's enough of everything, right? They manifest scarcity. Thoughts of scarcity manifest scarcity into the world. To avoid scarcity, to avoid short supply, eliminate all thoughts of competition and instead choose creation. So, I mean, I think about how well I do this playing pickleball. Um, At least when I play pickleball, most of the time, I don't play singles, I play doubles. So if I think about, hey, I don't care, what I really care is that I can lift my opponent. So I want to win the game so that I can, uh, not my opponent, but my partner. I want to win this game so that I can lift the partner that I'm playing with. I mean, there's ways, if you start thinking about it and get outside the box, there's ways to get creative in this kind of thinking. He says, competition is a statement to the universe that you believe your survival is at risk and that there's not enough. So are thoughts of cheating, squeezing, manipulating, and taking advantage of people, paying unfairly, like my son is a waiter, a server, and there are people who literally tip nothing, hardly at all. And, they, and waiters don't get paid, you know? So, and he, he, you know, he believes he's doing a really good job and he has good write-ups, so he probably is. Why would we deny people, right? Coveting other people's property. Coveting is wanting what other people have. Envy, wanting what they have. Do we do that or are we just happy for them? It's, it, this is hard to do, but if we do it more and more, we'll see more come to us. I find this is happening to me in my job. Like, I've just gotten to the point where I just care so much about all the kids and everybody that I work with and everything I've just gotten to where, you know, so many things are, like, um, important to me at helping the kids and loving the parents. And that has become my biggest drive. And, and I am getting, I'm getting awards, I'm getting recognition, and, like, I don't care about that so much. I appreciate it. It's super nice, but I just really care about other people. So I see it in my job if I could just do it in, you know, my marriage and my family and my neighbors and different things, right? My home life. Um, These thoughts only create, so envy, coveting, all this, these thoughts create non-wealth consciousness and they cause scarcity. And not just with money, but with with opportunities and with experiences and with friendships and with everything that we want. What's my the title of my podcast? More. We all want more, right? So if we want more, we have to give more. Um, he says, you can temporarily get rich this way with these kind of thoughts, but you cannot rise to your full potential this way. And indeed, you might even fall. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. Wallace Waddles said this quote, and he wrote The Science of Getting Rich. 
Never look at the visible supply. Always look at the limitless riches in formless substance and know that they are coming to you as fast as you can receive and use them. Again, they are coming to you as fast as you can receive and use them. Nobody by cornering the visible supply can prevent you from getting what is yours. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. He says, you are made in the image and likeness of the source, God. Abundance and affluence are natural states. In the deepest part of you, you already know this. All you have to do is remember it and experience what you truly are. So go out there this week. Be abundant in your thinking, right? Think about giving. And, you know, a couple of chapters ago was about giving. Give to others. Don't be so interested in what the recognition that you're going to get. Give to others freely. The universe has more than enough business and wealth for everyone. Way more than enough. People aren't poor because nature's poor. People are poor because their wealth consciousness is poor. Even in a billion lifetimes, let alone one lifetime, you cannot possibly exhaust the wealth given to you freely by life. But you can fail to receive it by your own thoughts, words, actions, and most of all, your chosen states of being. Your I am statements. I am wealthy. I am abundant. I am joy. I have it all. I have everything that I want. I can accomplish anything that I want. The idea that a person fails in wealth building because of competition or other such circumstances is illusionary. The so-called competition and negative circumstances are created by those who believe in scarcity. They come to these people in the most amazing ways to fulfill their self-set limits. So again, we're limiting ourselves. We must believe in this. Abundance, affluence, and wealth are your birthright. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. Poverty is a transgression of the laws of the universe. The universe by law and design is not a place where poverty is natural. It is an abnormality. Isn't that so true? Nature is not poor. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. Don't scare money away by saying and thinking there's not enough of it. Don't scare opportunities away by saying there's not enough of them. Don't scare um, anything that you want. Friends, family, relationships. You know, I know when I was younger, I used to think I'm never going to get married. You know, it's just don't scare these things away. It's there for everybody. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. He says, this is really interesting because I think this is true, this next little section. We're now beginning to see that certain resources can never run out. For example, software, music, digital downloads, broadcasts, they don't run out. How do you run out of a download? How do you run out of software? No matter how many copies you download, there still remains the uh, original copy. Only one, one copy multiplies as many times as needed without costing the maker any more money. This is what we see in our world today. Isn't it so true? We will soon come to know experientially that 
and that means with experience, that if enough of us put our minds to it, we could regrow the entire Earth's forest in a few years, create new water or anything else. Do not believe in scarcity. If you do, it will become true for you, a self-fulfilling prophecy of scarcity. And then, this is so interesting, a look at history. One time, people thought that the Earth was flat. And their evidence, and he puts it in quotes, they had evidence that it was for sure true. The earth was flat. Then they believed that the sun rotated around the earth. And all their evidence, evidence in quotes, at the time told them that this was true. Yet we now know, we know now, that the earth is round, it's not flat, and that it rotates around the sun. And then this is what's really fascinating to me. Or do we? Do we really know that? In other words, whatever we hold as true is what becomes true, even though it might not be the ultimate truth. When we start questioning, we uncover a more correct truth that is closer to the ultimate truth. There's always room for more revelation, more knowledge. You cannot say that your current answer is the ultimate truth. Our finite minds are incapable of taking in the totality of everything that is out there. We just can't. Everything that's out there is infinite, and our minds are finite. They stop. We cannot. We, we aren't tapping into their full capacities. We can only right now take in small segments at a time. Look at cell phones. I mean, if my our great-great-grandpas or whatever saw what we did with TV and cell phones and things like that, they would think they're complete miracles. And yet in science, we can see how they happen, right? So know that there is so much more out there that we don't even know about. And we can't, we can't say that we know everything. Think of that another thing in nature. What you can learn is totally and completely unlimited. Completely unlimited. He says, never stop learning. Always be humble with what you know now, and you will come to know more. And that's something I've been working on for the whole month of March, is being humble and teachable and trying to not know everything and learn more from other people. And I think the more that we recognize that there's more to learn, the more we're going to learn, right? Scientists are now only discovering that this universe, I think this is so interesting because It's a little bit above me, but the universe is not four-dimensional, but multi-dimensional, like a hologram. It's our senses that are four-dimensional, length, width, height, and time. Yourself is multi-dimensional, but your senses on the physical plane are, as for most people, four-dimensional in their capabilities. The universe itself is multidimensional, and that is how all possibilities exist altogether. Think about that carefully. Scarcity is not a reality. It is a perception of an aspect of that holographic universe. You can always choose which aspect you wish to perceive and experience by choosing what you wish to believe and hold as unquestioningly true. Okay, so that was a little above my head. But this is the point. What is coming? What is out there that we don't know yet that we can still learn from? There's so much, right? There's so much out there. 
There's so much abundance. We have to believe in that abundance. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am a joy. There is an infinite source of supply. When you don't have what you would like, you know that your thoughts are at fault, not the universe. Accept full responsibility honestly and make changes, but never talk or think of lack or shortages again, for in that thought is the cause of lack and shortages. Being broke is temporary. Being poor is a mental condition, a disease of the mind, and it is more lasting, yet it can all be overcome. And pour in not just money, but ideas, thoughts, abilities, opportunities. Abundance is all there is. And sharing, not owning, is the way to receive this abundance. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am joy. Competition is unnecessary. It's a statement of scarcity and a fallacy. Somebody said this in his book, Out of abundance... He took abundance, and still, abundance remained. And then he finishes the chapter by saying, again, meditate. So, oh my goodness, what great thoughts. Like, really? Go out there. Be, don't believe in scarcity. Believe in abundance. Create your life by design. Have everything that you want, right? Believe that it's coming to you. Believe that you can get it and that you will have it. I know these things are, I know these things are true. So you can make them happen for yourself and we are our own limits. I hope you guys learned something this week. I hope you love the podcast. I love it. I love being able to do this and share. Thanks everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.